everybody, and welcome back to How Do You Hustle with Cami Dimitrova, a podcast where I interview comedians about their day jobs. Yay! Thank you so much for listening. We have a really exciting guest on this week. I'm so excited. It's actually the first person I've ever had on the pod that I've never met before in real life. So it's kind of like a blind interview thing. Um, and it was really fun. It was really fun. This comic is amazing. He is a stand-up in New York. Um, and he has been featured on so many cool things. He's been on Conan, heard of it. Also on Comedy Central, Stand Up Presents. He is a avid, an avid podcaster. And he's just literally making money doing, doing stand-up, um, which is so awesome. Um, and it was really, really cool to hear his story. Um, and a, a few things we touched on this episode that really stood out to me. Uh, one was uh, his take on social media. Um, sometimes I have a difficult relationship with social media. I'm like, should I do it? Should I not? You know, I'm like obsessed with, you know, like counting. And then I get sad if it doesn't do well and really happy when it does. And I just rely so much on his validation from this stupid phone. Um, but he was basically like, yeah, do it. Why not? Um, you know, why not put your stuff out there and promote yourself? You know, if you have a healthy relationship to it, if you can have that, you know, definitely worth a shot, which I thought was encouraging and something I personally need to work on. And another thing we talked about was, um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, this, this, this career path, you know, being, doing something in the arts is risky and oh no. And are you sure? And yeah, you, do you really want to do it? Why don't you take the safe route? So we talk about the safe route and like how it's not actually safe. You know, what is safety at the end of the day? Um, you know, is it, I think he calls it like controlled chaos where it's like, you know, if you, you can have a steady day job with, which no shame if that's the route you want to take totally fair. Um, but you know, that job could also end, you know, and then what do you do? So I think just like it, it just reassured me a little bit because sometimes I don't know about you, but I have moments of doubt and I'm like, oh my gosh, should I just, you know, drop this and do something else, go to grad school and study? I don't know. I don't know what I would study because <laughs> I don't know if I'm good at anything else, but, or this even, but you know, just like, yeah, it was nice to hear him be like, yeah, it's nothing's really safe. You know, you never know if you're secure. So why not just do the thing that you're passionate about, whatever that is. But, um, yeah. So, wow. Okay. Blabbed a lot. Um, really exciting guest. Hope you like him without further ado, Tom Takar. Hi. Hello. Hello, Tom Takar. <laughs> Hello, Cameron. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thanks so much for being on. Um, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm um I, I cannot complain. It's boiling hot in New York, but you know, I don't mind that so much. It's not it's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, I've just like I have to bring extra clothes to everything I do. <laughs> Uh, right now and that's and i don't i don't mind that yeah bag of extra clothes yeah 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 i i I agree i'm i'm a sweater you know we just met but now you know so (laughs) me too (laughs) okay me too and then i i try to make myself think i can bike places during this and then it is just uh brutal and then i'm like dead wherever i go and i'm like why do i feel like shit and i'm like oh yeah because uh it's 100 degrees out and you're an idiot yeah it's 100 degrees but it feels the feels like temperature is what's scary it's like it feels Mm -hmm. like 150 or whatever like the humidity just makes it like worse 
which yeah. is crazy. I know. Uh, I'm going to a baseball game tonight, and I was like, why are tickets so cheap? And then I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> no one wants to be out there. Right. People don't want to melt, turns out. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, well, thank you so much for being on. Um, you are the first guest I've ever had that I've never actually known or met before. So this oh, is like look cool. At that. Yeah. So that's like exciting. Um, I did, you know, I did a little trolling. Okay. Did that, <laughs> sure. You know, and en- enough to know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just to just to start off, um, what is your day job? Uh, comedy is my day job. Like, yes! I, don't, I don't have a, uh, a day job anymore. It's great. Um, yeah, that's it's, awesome. It's, it's doing this. It's uh, doing podcasts and doing stand up. Cool. Can you t- stand up? <laughs> the money does not come in that much for podcasting, but stand up is where it's at. That's awesome. Can you like uh, tell us a little bit more about that? So you are a full time stand up. You make your money doing that professionally. Yes. And so I do a few different things where like, so uh, before the pandemic started, I I was a writer on a show on sci-fi, a comedy show on sci-fi. There was like a sketch show. And so that was my job for a little bit. But uh, for the most part, it's just doing stand up, like doing clubs and like, uh, you know, random stuff here and there. But like it all adds up to to a living where it's like spots in the city plus doing you know touring a little bit it um yeah it pays the old bills and then it's all it's so weird with doing stand-up for a living because i'm sometimes i'm like it's so weird that money just comes in for this where but i just pick up everything i can yeah like zoom kind of changed the game a little bit where now i can i have these little like corporate things that pop up where people are like hey can you do like a 15 minute spot real fast on zoom for a bank or some shit <laughs> and uh i'm just i'm just like yeah whatever and then i'm like oh wow i just made 100 bucks and you know it's not a lot of money but it's like enough to like yeah you're like oh now i have spending cash that i didn't even plan on having you that's know? like groceries or yeah i mean 100 bucks for 15 minutes is awesome yeah it's and great. your home like, yeah you're just it, in like, your house it's yeah. the same as this it's crazy yeah yeah it's so yeah that's like the a few i mean if there's any light at the end of this whatever covid nonsense is like some of some of the commuting is you know not commuting is good um yeah and then the death is bad but um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah 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 um well very very cool i think you're also the one of the first guests who does comedy full time <laughs> which is so awesome that's why i'm like tell us more um <laughs> i mean how- i i yeah. also so i think like the uh, one of the tricks to doing stand-up full-time when you're not like a celebrity is uh <laughs> saving your money like i i worked yeah. day jobs for a long time um because i i started working when i was like 16 and oh, wow. uh and then i had day jobs in comedy until well i i was a dog walker in chicago and then um because i quit my like good job to do that and i just saved all my money and then i moved to new york where except my second year in chicago i didn't have to have a day job anymore i was touring enough uh that i was that I was making a living doing that. And then nice. I moved to New York and it's just, New York is different. New York <laughs> is much more expensive. Yeah. You like can't leave your door without spending $40. <laughs> it's like impossible. <laughs> Even when you're broke, you're just like, I guess I have to spend $40 today. You just um, burn it. You're like, I have to, I have to give it to someone. Yeah. It just goes so fast, especially yeah. when you're somebody like me, who if I, if I'm doing like a show or an open mic, I usually I might have a couple beers socially and then, you know, and then that adds up so much here. Yeah. So I got a day job again. I was temping here 
And then, you know, I worked an office shop for a little bit and I just saved all that cash again. And then it's, I started getting enough work again that I didn't need to, uh, to have a day job anymore. And then I started doing like, occasionally I do like colleges, those pay a little extra. Mm-hmm. And then when I did my half hour special, I, uh, with comedy central, I just banked all of that money. And then I also was on the radio for a year. I banked all that money. So it's like, it's really just about saving up for dry spells. Like, uh, when a pandemic happens and all your work gets canceled. Yeah. 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 It's a little bit like freelancing where you're just kind of like trying to pile it on and save. it is exactly freelancing. Yeah. 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 Um, how long have you been fully like doing comedy full time with not, without needing supplemental like temp work? Uh, I quit my job right after I met, uh, my fiance so that would have been it's been like three and a half years and it's weird because even in the period before that like a year before that i was kind of like on and off i would be like i don't need a job anymore it's like this weird thing where i think some people go i'm now a full-time comedian i'm never working again and i never had that in my head or even during the pandemic i was like maybe i'll walk dogs again just to have something to do like because i'm bored at home like with no stand-up so i was like I just need anything to occupy my time. It was, I mean, money was an added benefit to that, but it was really just like, I need something to do or else I'm going to be crazy. Yeah. 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 That's an interesting thing to think about. Like, I, I think there is this belief that once you start doing comedy full time, you never have to have a, another kind of day job, but it's sort of yeah. like there's ups and downs, ebbs and flows. Sounds like. Yeah, for where, sure. Yeah. You just don't know. Um, you never, you never know. You never I, know. like grew up, uh i grew up poor so i'm like i i just have it in my head like you this all everything could just go away <laughs> at any second and you just have to be ready for that mentally yeah 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 that's totally fair um and how long have you been in new york i have been in new york i think it's been it'll be six years in august okay yeah so basically six years yeah i'm a month away from six years Wow. And before that, you were in Chicago. I know you're from Indiana. Yes. That I know. I was in Chicago for two years. And then before that, I was in Indiana. Okay, cool. And were you doing stand up in college? Like, what was your, you know, I started. So I was doing like improv comedy in college because there was nowhere to do stand up at the time. And then they opened a comedy club my junior year of college or maybe my junior or senior year of college. They opened a comedy club. And so I started doing the open mics and you know, I was kind of a foot in foot out. Cause I was, I liked doing improv and I was really bad at stand up when I started. So I was like, I don't think I have this muscle or whatever. And then yeah. I slowly started getting better at stand up. And then I was like, I, I love stand up so much. That's the main thing I want to do. How did um, you know you started? I mean, besides laughter increasing, obviously, like, yeah. that's how you know, but like, that's what? It. yeah. And it's, I mean, it, the nice thing about, so this is why it's, kind of nice to start in the midwest a little bit and like not in new york or la is there's a pretty obvious path like you're if you have a club in your hometown and they you know are decent i was lucky that the club that is in my hometown is cool like it's Mm -hmm. a it's a club that brings in like you know it would bring in like maria bamford and oh that's uh, awesome who else is like a good example of somebody they would bring like Hannibal Burris and stuff like that. Like they would bring nice. in like cool people. And before, like before they were, before Hannibal was like famous, you know? And so you could see, you know, you got to watch these shows where 
uh, great comics were were headlining and watch like how that worked and get a feel for it. But also they progress you through a system kind of like you start, you're doing open mics. All of a sudden they're like, actually, if you want to do guest spots on the weekend, you can do that. You're hosting. Then, then eventually they're having you do like 25, 30 minutes. And then, mm-hmm. you know, eventually sometimes they, they headline you. And so you get, you get outside validation over cool. just your, and it's not just your low, your peers putting you on shows, although that's nice too, but right. it's nice to have that as like, okay, we have, uh, you know, there's a, there's someone telling me I'm doing a good job. You know? <laughs> yeah. So you had that before you went to Chicago. Yes. So, okay. so you were I, feeling like generally competent. You're like, I'm yeah. good at this. And then right. but at that point, before you moved to Chicago, were you like, I want to do this for real. Or you already had that realization I moved to Chicago because I wanted to do it for real. That Hell was me yeah. going like, I'm, this is my career now. Nice. Like, I, I quit my job. I had a day job at the time. What was it? I, I worked at a <laughs> hospital. So I, I started working at this hospital when I was 18, like almost, almost like the week after I turned 18, I think I, uh-huh. I got the job because you had to be 18 to, to work there. And I wanted to move out of my uh, mom's house. So I, uh, I got a job at this hospital working nights at an ER where I would work 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And then oh. I would go to school from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And oh then some God. days I would sleep for an hour and then go back to work from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Because it's just that's the way the schedule worked. Oh, my but, God. Uh, so I was crazy uh, for a while doing that. And then I started doing comedy on top of that. And I was like, I can't work like this anymore. So I, I backed up my hours a little bit. I stayed at that hospital all throughout college, moved to Ohio for a year to get engaged. That didn't work out. Oh. And then I moved back to move back. And I got my hospital job back and then progressed in the hospital system to get like a, I got a good job that, that paid like nurse money basically uh, to work in <laughs> like IT. Hell and, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was so it was cool. But I, I, as soon as I got that job, I was like, I'm going to save this one year of money. I'm going to do this for one year. And then I'm going to make myself leave because I, if I don't leave now, I'll never leave. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Th- so it was scary. Wow. Wow. That is crazy. Um, the, can you talk about the engagement? What happened there? Were you just, it just wasn't a good fit or <laughs> like it was just a bad, I was too young. Okay, I got yeah. engaged when I was like 21, 22. Yeah. And, uh, I was supposed to do I, out of college. I was going to move to LA to do an internship with Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, there nice. was like a pipeline there and uh, from uh, from my college to that. And so I was going to do that. And then but my my at the time, girlfriend had moved to Ohio to do med school um, okay. and we were long distance and she w- she knew I was graduating and she begged me to move to Ohio uh, after, after college because she was like, what? What's the like, what's the difference? You, you're just in Indiana you know, like po- right. postpone LA for a little bit and move here. And so I did, we got engaged. I think we both realized it was not a good idea pretty quickly. Cause it just put so much pressure on the relationship. She's in med school. I'm doing comedy, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm driving like four hours a night to do comedy. So it was like, just not a great thing. And then she uh, fell in love with one of her yeah. classmates and by all uh, it very much 
it seemed clear that she uh, was cheating on me with him while we were living together. And, no. uh, and uh, no. so it just fell apart. And um, but it was all for the best. Like things I, I'm always like kind of grateful that that happened because it made me so much funnier and it like gave me <laughs> some real life experience. And it like my I had a buddy who was like, OK, just dive fully into comedy now. Yeah. Like now you have nothing. You have nothing in your life. Just do that. And uh, he <laughs> was right. And it, <laughs> no, I did. Nothing. I just was like, yeah. I was like, I'm just gonna spend like every day at, in comedy rooms of some kind. And uh, I did that for a long time. Um, it was yeah. It was Jesus. A long, long time after that of just focusing on comedy. Wow. Well, I'm really sorry to, that that happened, but it sounds it's, like it's, it's for the better. It, this was like it's weird <laughs> to think of because it was like 10 years ago now. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's a different lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. A decade ago. That's crazy. Mm. Um, it's interesting that did did your internship. Um, did you not do that internship for didn't her? Do it. Yeah. Wow. OK. Yeah, she, and then she didn't know that. Like, I didn't tell her that I, I I felt like it would be too much God, to put that's on her, and then I was really upset that I, like, that I just backed off on whatever I did. But at okay. the same time, I think it made me better because I think if I had like just gone to LA as kind of a shitty comedian, like I was fine, I was working <laughs> in a, a little bit, but I wasn't good, good, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't have anything to say. I was like 22, so I think if I had gone to LA, I would have just been like another you know, 22 year old with nothing to say doing comedy. That's interesting. So when you, after this happened, I, I'm really curious to know, like when people make the decision to pursue this for real, for real, meaning that, mm -hmm. you know, they're not going to try to half-ass it or pursue a different career while they're doing this, you know, like I'm going to need a marketing job while I do this. Yeah. Um, like, is it going through your mind ever? Like, Oh no, what if it doesn't work out? Or do you ever have that thought? Oh, or is it like, I'm just going to, Yeah. Okay. Of course, but here's my thought on it. So when I worked at the hospital, I, like I said, I had this job that was good. I had my own office. I had like a cool, like it was a sick job for like a 24 year old to have uh, in my hometown. And I watched all these people who were in their like fifties mm. who didn't have college degrees because at the time they didn't need them. Like that, that wasn't a requirement for the job they all got laid off uh, and they didn't have any backup plan. They were screwed. And I was like, I was thinking about it. And I was like, man, I would be so pissed off if I took the safe route in my career and just did this thing that I hated doing, but I yeah. was like, it's a guaranteed paycheck and I can make a little bit of cash, but, and I have security. And then you find out you don't have any security and it all gets taken away. And now you're screwed. Like you have experience that nobody cares about because you don't have a type of degree. And now you're not young. And in those type of like coding, those types of jobs, youth is very, uh, they care. They, yeah. they don't want to hire old people. Like they yeah. don't think you can keep up. It's a, it's an ageist world we live in and i was just like i see the writing on the wall it is a very good possibility that doing the safe thing is not safe and if it, i'm going to do something that's not safe anyway i might as well do the thing i want to do and so that was the mentality that i moved to chicago with i was like i'm miserable but i gotta give this a shot i'll give it my best shot if it and i kept giving myself like kind of like timelines like without really realizing it i was like well you know if this 
all goes to shit and I'm not go- going anywhere. And like, you know, if I'm in Chicago for three years and I haven't accomplished anything, maybe I'll try to go to med school. Maybe I'll try to go to nursing school or something mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. see what happens. But luckily within four months of living in Chicago, I started to get some stuff. Like I got a just for laughs audition and that went well. So it got me a lot of uh, spots in town. I got to start touring with uh, like a more famous comic and like that stuff made it to where I was like, okay, I'm making just enough of a living doing this. I'm also doing well performing and getting better. So there's no reason for me to like think about backup plans right now. I didn't just work. And so I, I, I think that you, it's, it's very lucky to like, to get to just do this as a job, but I think that it helps to go, I'm just going to do it and see what happens. And obviously check in if it's not working out and you're broke and you're like, I'm miserable doing the thing that I wanted to do. It's there's nothing wrong with also having a job and doing it. I've, I know plenty of people who do that and who are hilarious and who they just money doesn't always come in like that. Yeah. 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 That's so true. Yeah. It's that first wave of validation. That's like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, that can keep you going. That's really awesome. Um, were you, you mentioned like your backup plan being some, something in the medical space Were you, is that what you were studying in college? That's what I started out studying. And then I fell in love with, um, there was a script writing program at my college. And even though I was there to major in biology or yeah, it was I bio or chem. I was a chem major. That's right. Cause I was like, that'll be a way for me to get into med school because my whole plan going to college was to go to med school and then I just kept dipping my toe into this comedy pool and it you know it was more fun and it just I it I was more drawn to it I was better at it I was not good at chemistry I I only did it because that's what you know my mom wanted me to be a doctor and uh which is like it's a good job obviously and I think I you know I think if I wanted to I would have done that but I just was like not enjoying myself at all. I was miserable. And, but having said that, if I was to do a job, I think it would have probably been somewhere in the medical field. Uh, But yeah, I, I, yeah, I fell in love with the script writing program. And so I just, I I was like, I want to take classes that'll get me there. That'll be like my side project thing. Maybe I'll have that be my minor or whatever. And then, I took one, I finally got like all the prereqs in to do it. And then I took it and I was just like, this is what I want to do. This is the best. Uh, this is my favorite thing I've done in uh, my life. That is so wild. Did you, were you a creative kid? Like, were, was there something in you that you're just like, oh, I'm tapping into this thing that I've always liked, but was afraid to do or. I just didn't know that you could do like, I didn't think of them as real jobs. I knew that yeah. like, there were comedy writers and stuff, but I used to write every day. It was like, and when I was a kid, even at a pretty young age, I was like writing short stories and writing. Like I started trying to, I always was like trying to write a book or something as a kid. And I loved writing creative stories uh, and creative writing classes were always my favorites. I always mm-hmm. loved the teachers that I had doing that. And they were all really nice and fun and like, you could write like I, I was kind of a nerdy kid and I was like the way that I would connect to everybody is by writing a funny story or like a or like if I had to do a report or something I would try to make it funny and I would I cared so little about the content I just wanted it to be a performance of some kind and so that like 
that really like uh guided where i wanted to go as an adult and when i saw that those classes were a college thing because i was always like yeah it's fun to write these stories maybe it'll be a side thing and then those the college classes i took with them were even more fun it was great that's awesome was your family supportive of you when you were doing that or like was there attention there because you mentioned your mom wanted you to be a doctor but you had this creative sort of you know she wanted me to be, to be a doctor but she was so supportive of anything I did really like I like I won an award for writing when I was in like middle school and she was so proud of that that I think (laughs) it like carried over it it bought me so much goodwill uh (laughs) going forward because she was like she would brag about me winning that award and then she was like well you won that award you're meant to do that you can do that and then I think she understood like as long as you're happy and like not you know, starving in the streets. It's all, it's all good. And I think she trusts me to, you know, figure it out one way or the other. She didn't, she never gave me any kind of shit about it, which was nice. That is awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so there's no convincing, no like serious talk. I want to do this. Um, hope you're cool with that. I, I mean, I, t- I told her like, <laughs> yeah, I definitely like it was a conversation, but she was never like, well, you're not doing that. She was just yeah. like, you know, maybe you could do both. Like, that's always a possibility. And then it just slowly happened that I was like, eh, I'm not doing any of it. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it also helped that I was working at the hospital at the time too. Yes. Cause she was like, well, you're here. Like, you know, it was clear that I, it was something I was considering pretty heavily, but it just turned into what it turned into. That's awesome. Was it, is she a creative or is there anyone in your, like, are you the first person to do anything creative? Yeah. Uh, professionally? Yeah, nobody else in my yeah in my family does anything like this at all. <laughs> like oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of anybody like my no yeah nobody else. This is a weird thing uh, <laughs> to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I'm the only like my sister lives in Portland now. Like pr- pretty much everybody else stayed within Indiana, Kentucky area. So it's like even leaving was was weird and. um yeah, it's uh, it's it was I didn't know you could do this. Like, yeah. I didn't know that it was a thing you could even do because I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I was nowhere close to this industry. <laughs> like the, the closest I got to it was the comedy club opening in my hometown. So I was like, oh, I can kind of see I'm meeting people who are in it. So you can see, you're like, oh, there's a path like you can do it. It doesn't seem like that because you just as a kid watching stand up or watching comedy, you just see a person on TV and you're like, oh, this could be the first time they ever even tried it you know like you don't realize like oh they've been working towards this <laughs> yeah. for a decade That's or so, so true. and i just <laughs> remember watching and be like oh cool that guy he's probably like you know brand new and like because i'd never heard of him before and then you're like no they've spent all this time just to get in front of you at all and, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, like 10 years of grinding yeah. just to get five minutes on tv yeah 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 exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is so crazy. It's still it's so awesome, though, that like I, I think generally speaking, people who do this, it's like you're just yeah, you just go at it 100 miles an hour and you're like, I'll figure it out, which is just crazy to think about. You're like, I can't believe like I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but yeah. I'm going to commit to it, which is insane. I think that's it's, insane. it's it is crazy, but yeah. it's like. But also, I mean, it's one of those like high thought things where you're like, isn't anything you do fucking crazy? I mean, like, isn't yeah. it weird to be like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go sit uh, it's a, in an office all day doing something I don't give a fuck about. Uh, and I'm just going to do that because 
I want to be able to eat at Outback Steakhouse uh, once a week for the rest of my life. And uh, like all of it's crazy. So it's like if you think about it like that, like and like I said, it's it's controlled crazy because it's like if if I if it wasn't working out, there's always other like I I was always like, okay, I can temp. I have this degree so that I can do this and I can bullshit my way around like software and stuff to be able to like you know work enough like i can i'll I'll be okay for now at least but at the same time i was like i'm if i can avoid doing that shit yeah i'm going i'm going to with everything in me because i do uh hate it (laughs) yeah it's it's pretty miserable um yeah no that's awesome um do are you how do you feel about where you're at now are you like you know because now that you're in it in the thick of it do you still have thoughts of like you know quitting or are you do you feel good about where you're at i go you know i i have like every once in a while i'll have thoughts of like what am i doing like why why am i doing this in terms of like doing the road sometimes you'll do some show where you're like the people are like hammered and (laughs) they're like you're like fighting almost for your set sometimes and to just be heard at all. And you're like, why am I doing this? Like, who cares? And then I I, like, I've had thoughts of like, I don't want to do road stuff. That's not stuff that I really want to do anymore. And then I have thoughts like that where I'm like, well, I'm lucky that I made a little bit of money on it. And for the, and doing stand up in New York is such a like dream and so fun that it's like, I would never quit that, but Sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I had, I, I'm like, oh, I should try to work on writing another, like a script or something to like, yeah. so that I get off the road, you know? Yeah. Can you talk about that? Like what it means to be, I don't know, like a creative person that has to, you have to be able to do many things, meaning that like, you can't just be a stand up, or maybe you can, but you are, you obviously are doing so well at that, but like having another skill set like writing a pilot or writing a screenplay or whatever it is like having that in your back pocket people always talk about being prepared which drives me bananas sometimes but it's so hard and yeah. i'm really bad at that where because yeah. i the thing about stand-up is it's not easy necessarily it's like it's it's very difficult to build up an act and like to to work on it and get better at performing and find little beats and try new stuff. Like it's all, every piece of it has its own difficulties, but at the end of the day, it's the easiest in terms of, I can just walk on stage and do my job and I'm done in 15 minutes or done in an hour or whatever. And I like that because you can't obsess over it. You're just, you've done it. It's over. I love that. It's like that. It's just, it's 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 in the moment and it's over and then something with like writing a script you're just dwelling over it there's no timeline necessarily unless you have a deadline and i'm really bad without deadlines so i you know i play video games a lot and so if i don't have somebody being like you gotta get this thing done i'm like well fuck it i'll just play nba 2k yeah it's a but i i do think it's important to work on stuff like that because comedy is such a large idea and it's shifting at all times. I mean, I have, you know, I have social media and stuff, but I'm not by no means like famous on social media. I have like, like 9,000 Twitter followers and like, like you see people on TikTok (laughs) who have 
like millions of followers who are who've never done stand up in their life and they're touring yes. and they sell out clubs. And it's yes. so you like if I had just put energy into that, like I could be selling tickets, doing the thing that I do already. It's just out of some sort of weird like clog that you're like, ah, I don't really do that right now. I, I do stand up, whatever. If you pick one lane, you will regret it. I think like if mm. you just are like, I do improv comedy and that is it like good luck with that, but <laughs> it's going to be really hard to be, you know, uh, it's, it's going to be hard to fit in to the future of, yeah. of comedy. Cause you don't know what's coming. And if you just prepare yourself to be ever evolving, then you'll be fine. I think, I think you'll have a lot more luck. Like I, especially something like podcasting now, every, like, I know it's like a, it's people say, say this all the time, but they're like, Oh, everybody has a podcast. And it's like, yeah, you kind of yeah. have to, because look at like Mark Marin. I, yeah. he, I saw him give this uh talk once at, uh, at second city where he was like dude if i had just done stand-up doing just stand-up has made my life so hard and he's like i wish i had done sketch or anything else and he's like thank god for podcasting like yeah. having a boom because he we nobody would know who he was i mean comedy people would but people know him from his podcast and it's yeah. that's a thing that didn't even exist when his career started so if he were to look at the trajectory of his career, I'm sure his whole career, he's beating himself up going, why can't I get famous? I've done late night 50 times. No one gives a shit. And he's at the bottom of the barrel and then podcasting saves his life. You know? Yeah. It's, I just think it's smart to not put all your eggs in one basket. So script writing is big. Having a pilot ready to go is really important. I screwed that up for years where it's like, I went to a big festival. They're like, what do you got? And I was like, I got a lot of ideas and then <laughs> they don't care, you know, yeah. have a pilot ready that says something about you. Interesting. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's easier said than done though. Cause it's like, well, how, okay, but I don't know how to, you know, I mean, <laughs> we're like, well, yeah. how do you, how do you do that? It's like, you take a class and you figure it out, but it's just funny that it's like, oh, this isn't enough. All this shit isn't enough. But yet. even taking a class, like that stuff is, <laughs> I, I think the classes do help and stuff. Yeah. But honestly, you can teach yourself this shit. The, there's so many pilots that are just online that you can read and study different ones and notice how they put them together, notice the structure of like, okay, this act one seems to be about 12 pages, act two is about the same. This thing is about 34 pages. I can do that. And yeah. then, you know, it's obviously there's more to it than that, but people can figure it out. Like it's, it's not, you don't have to spend like thousands of dollars to do this shit. And then the way they get you is stuff like, you know, script writing software yeah. or whatever, but there's free versions of that too. So it's, yes. I've, I used to use that Kel, uh, Celtex or whatever. Mm -hmm. Celtex. I used to use that. Yeah. Also Google docs has a, you can format it to make mm -hmm. it a script, which is awesome for free. So, yeah. yeah, so there's ways yeah. to do it. It's not a bad investment to buy Final Draft, but like, yeah, there's, but there's all these you don't little need things. It. You yeah. Do. You don't need it. You don't need it. Yeah. And if you want to just take a couple stabs at writing something, you don't need script writing software to start a script. Like, I've written so many things in just, yeah, Word or Google Docs or whatever. And then you put it into script writing format after that. Once you have something that works, like my yeah. first script I wrote was on Word and then I put it into Final Draft. Like, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's doable. 
That's awesome. Um, how do you stay? You said motivation is, I think this is so true for a lot of people, creative people, especially, but how, how do you stay motivated if someone isn't like, get your shit together? It's really hard. And I think <laughs> it's, I mean, a lot of it's just getting like, just watching something really good like watching yeah. a movie that's really good or a tv show and be like ah, i want to like i watched rami uh and i was like I, I watched the first couple episodes and i was like why am i not writing a fucking pilot like what am i doing like because i like i really loved it and yeah. this and same with like watching something like fleabag or so you good. just see something so good and you're like i want to make something good i that's a lot of it and then going to comedy clubs and seeing people have new stuff and you're like you know the biggest motivator is just doing a joke too many times um that's the biggest <laughs> thing for me is you just get tired of hearing yourself talk yeah and it's embarrassing at some point where you're like why don't i have any new ideas and so that's a lot of it is just like i have to have something new to say uh yeah. just making yourself exhausted from yourself is <laughs> is the biggest motivator yeah, um that's fair yeah. and just signing up like making like i sign myself up to do stuff sometimes where i'm like well i have i'm going to have to have something like i'm i I think i'm doing a storytelling show at the end of the month i don't have i don't do storytelling like i do a little bit but not like i don't have like a seven minute long story that i tell ever so now i have to write one uh if i'm gonna do that and so yeah it's a lot of that where it's it's just setting yourself up for situations where you do have to have something or you know exhausting yourself by uh telling the same joke too many times or being inspired by someone else's work yeah that's fair plugging into a class or watching something inspiring or exhausting yourself those you know are your what always motivates me is um anytime judd apatow is on something like <laughs> if he if he's on like uh a panel or like I watched his masterclass or you listen to him on podcasts that always makes me want to work because you just hear his work ethic and what he's gotten done and stuff and however people feel about him it's like he has a body of work that's very impressive so yeah. seeing something like that I'm like okay I need to try this at least for a couple of days and just see if anything happens. Okay know? can I ask I have two quick other questions and then uh, I promise I will let you go but in terms of your um, social media, I just want to go back to that really quickly because I think that's like a topic that is just, I think a lot of people who especially don't have representation are thinking about ways to get seen. They don't want to do social media because it feels like it's oversaturated. They can't like, you know, whatever, get go viral or whatever it is. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think people should do it? Do you think they shouldn't? I absolutely think people should do social media. I don't think that anything's over oversaturated if you're good. Like yeah. There's there's always something new out. Like there's every every like week there's a new person that's discovered from like just putting out a bunch of YouTube videos and you can have a body of work that's not getting noticed. You can have YouTube videos that are up that aren't getting that aren't getting hits. And then you have one thing pop off. You, you find something and then people find the old stuff and they're appreciative that you have this body of work that happens with podcasts a lot where I get into a podcast and then I'm like, Oh good. There's a hundred other episodes to listen to. And I'm this late to the party, you know? <laughs> and same with a lot of like TikTok stuff. I'll find a somebody on TikTok and I'm like, oh, who is this? And then I click on their thing and they have a million videos. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll yeah. go through that. 
you just never know what's going to pop. And it's also a good, like you're, if you're trying to do this, it must mean that you're a creative of some kind. So what else are you doing? Like, what, like, how are you working? If not that I, I get like, there's an exhaustion to it. And so yeah. I think if you don't want to exhaust yourself on it, don't consume too much of it, but putting stuff out, if you're creating, why not put it out? You know, if, if, unless you're brand new, like if you're, you know, six months into comedy, maybe don't put your stand up on YouTube, but do, I mean, look at like Meg Stalter. Like yeah. she's so funny and she's doing the like, uh, self like, uh, portrait mode, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, camera uh facing uh videos to do her yeah. characters and a lot of people are doing that but that didn't stop her from being the best at it or being one of the best at it and rising to the top because enough people saw what she was doing and they were like this is fucking incredible nobody's like oh another one of these it's like if it's good they don't care yeah and same with stand-up it's like oh another person who posts clips every day it's like oh if they're good clips who cares? Everybody's just excited to see a fresh perspective or like just something funny, something good. You know, I knew you never get tired of seeing something good. So I don't think you should worry about it being oversaturated because new people join every day and there's somebody joining right this second. Who's going to pop off, you know, yeah. like there's, there's somebody joining today that there maybe three years from now, people will be like, God damn, there's so many, this person's so funny. And look at all this stuff they have, you know, yeah. and it takes practice too. So I don't think it hurts to post stuff and then you can always delete it later if you're like ashamed of it. But I think it takes practice and, and building your thing up and figuring out who you are as a performer. That's such uh, a positive way to look at it. Like truly, I mean, helped me for sure. Cause I have <laughs> complicated thoughts about it. I think it's mostly just ner- resistance to it. And then, yeah, exhaustion. But you're right. If you don't consume it as much, you can at least use it as like your own platform. To it's a tool. If, yeah, it's if, a tool. For performers, yeah. it's a tool. So just yeah. look at it like that. It's not like a blessing necessarily. There's a lot of downsides to it. It's really bad for mental health sometimes, but it also can be good. And people are using it either way. So uh, use it to your advantage. Like yeah. I, I'm bad about that stuff. And I even today, I, I got a clip of myself that I was like, okay, good i got this clip now i can chop it up into like six different clips to post on like instagram and tiktok and that's like it that'll be fun like that'll be nice to do to get my stuff out but i was like i'm not you know i don't spend all day watching other people's stuff on instagram or youtube because i watch comedy well, it's good. Enough. <laughs> yeah. good self-control yeah, yeah yeah um last thing i wanted to uh chat with you about is representation so a lot of people do wonder about that so how what was your journey with that um you know how how can other people follow in your footsteps maybe yeah so i have a complicated relationship with uh with agency not a not with like with representation stuff because i do think that for the most part you're not going to get representation until you're already doing shit, like until you've already done your own stuff a little bit. And so much of this industry is you just doing it yourself. And then somebody else grabbing you up and being like, I now I'm taking it. Like, it's almost like you're getting taken advantage of, but not, not that all representation is like this. It's just, I think in the beginning, we put a lot of weight on, Oh, are you repped? Do you have an agent? Do you have a manager? All this shit. 
And a lot of times it doesn't matter. Like there's yeah. some pe- exceptions that, especially people in acting where it's like, they just get noticed and then they get sent out on auditions and stuff. But for comics, I think a lot of it is like you busting your ass to make your own thing. And then somebody kind of swooping in and going like, I can shine a light on you that will get you noticed a little more, which is good. And then some people just take advantage of what you've already built. So yeah. it's tough. I will say this, like, I've had good and bad. Like I've, I had representation that was bad that uh, I felt didn't get me anything, but was taking money for things that I got. Okay. And yeah. Can you talk about, sorry, really quickly. What does bad mean? So people, so you felt like they weren't pushing your career forward. I think way. that they might've been trying. They just okay. weren't good at it. And, okay. uh, it. and it was possible because I was getting things and then they would get money for it because they were my representation. So yes. they'd be like, if you do something, you have to like, do it through me and it was you know i'm not trying to be an, an asshole about this it was just no yeah, that yeah the people who booked me for it said to me this is not helping you like this yeah. is, like you could have done this without that and That's then i have excellent uh representation in my my agent uh who is uh casey at buckwald she's wonderful and she gets me all these things that I would have never gotten because I wouldn't have even known about them. Like they're, they're opportunities that I've never would have never heard of without her. So it's like, you can have representation that is just, that is incredible. But I think uh, people put too much thought into that stuff. I know I did. I was obsessed about it because I had friends who had agents and managers and stuff. And you feel when you don't have that stuff, you're like, Oh, I'm getting ignored. I'm getting looked past for whatever reason and it's hurting me like it hurts your feelings a little bit yeah but then like the longer you're in this stuff you realize like i don't have a manager right now i just have an agent because and i might get one at some point but you know i think that there's a lot of things you can do on your own that you don't realize you can do on your own and you know i probably shouldn't even be saying this stuff but i uh (laughs) you know i like i said there are there are people who are incredible in this business who will work their ass off for you and try to do right by you as well they can. And then there's, I think that there's people who not may not even realize they're taking advantage in some way. So I, yeah, I think, or just, it's like, there's, they have so many clients. It's not, it's not necessarily yeah. like a bad malicious thing. They just sure. like, don't have the bandwidth. And it's like, I think understanding that on, you know, as a client, just being like, okay, I need to, switch yeah and i you know there's the i've i also have like i got hip pocketed by uh an agency a long time ago while i was at montreal that really fucked up my relationship with some uh of the industry because i was like the way that it happened felt very evil uh to me and it like very impersonal so i was like they told this person told everyone they were representing me and then they weren't and then they never signed papers and they ignored my emails afterwards it was like very weird that is so uh, weird yeah it was very bad uh and i won't you know i don't even think the guy Name meant it. any harm i think he was trying to do something good and then it yeah. just didn't work out and he was talking a little bit uh you know of game that he didn't have and it, it you know i was a you know bright-eyed bushy-tailed like new comic so i was excited and then you just get your stomach punched in so i i but i will say this the people who i know who have had the most success and then they have like big rep big representation they did a they had to show them that they had already built the brand they were like this is what i am this is what i do now you do something with it and then they kill it so i think some people are a little bit harder to put in a box like that and uh 
you know, that doesn't mean it's any better or worse. I think it just means you're, it's going to take longer to, to figure shit out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, a, it's just another process too. It's not like you get representation and then like your entire world changes. You still, you still have to hustle I know people a lot. Yeah. Who, yeah. I know so yeah. many people with representation who are out of the, who are basically out of the business. Like <laughs> you, you don't yeah. have to, like, getting representation does not mean you have made it. Like no. it's no. good. No, it it's doesn't. good to have, it can be very helpful and it gets you in some doors that you might not have gotten in before. But don't think like, oh, I did it. Now I don't have to work. You have to work even harder. Like you, yeah. you have to work. The work never ends. Yeah, so because- that is the, my message to the world. <laughs> the work <laughs> never ends. It's not. It never gets easier. If anything, it gets harder because you have to like now do more. Yeah, it's representation is, is good, but it's like uh, having represent having representation like agents and managers and stuff is uh is helpful but just you know don't put too much weight into it just do your thing yes do your thing post on social media is what we learned um and just keep performing and doing you and then you know the world's your oyster hopefully um yeah yeah well very cool anything else you want to add or plug um, i think i think uh i think we nailed it i i have a podcast called stand by your band that people can check out called, yes yeah, it's where we have uh, comedians defend music that people make fun of uh like Coldplay and nickelback and stuff and then we yeah. also do appreciation episodes of like bands that are underrated uh it's it's really fun stand by your band it's me and tommy mcnamara it's a it's a great time and uh i had a podcast on comedy central called stand up with tom takar where i show you comedians and their acts and stuff that i like so that was really fun and uh, i have a comedy central half hour special if you can find it good luck Uh, but it's i'm very proud of it so check that out hell yeah and your conan uh clip is on your website people can check that out which is awesome check that out yes there's plenty <laughs> yes. of tape yeah. yes and i have yes. new clips coming out so follow me on social media all that good stuff yes follow follow and i'll do you know an official plug with all your handles and stuff um yes well very very cool thank you so much for doing this great talking to you thanks yeah. so much for having me you too thank you so so much have a great um baseball baseball game <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> All right. Thanks Very so cool. much. All right, Tom. Thank you so much. Tom Takar, everybody. What a treat. What a treat. You can follow Tom on Twitter. He's at Tom A. Takar. Um, you can watch his half hour special on Comedy Central. You can watch his uh, Conan clips on YouTube. Check out his podcast. He's also on Instagram. Um, you can just follow him on all the things and check out all, all this stuff. He's so funny. And he's totally crushing it um, and has seems to have a great outlook on this whole uh, this whole path. So very awesome to talk to him. Thank you so much for listening to How Do You Hustle with Cami Dimitrova. Um, it's we have new episodes when they come out, typically on Mondays every week. But, you know, we're in a time where I'm not doing that as much. And that's OK. Um, but. The, it is on all the things that make noise, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a great day. Bye.